the Bands of the Bible podcast, making sense out of life using the expertise, knowledge, wisdom of the people known as the Bands of the Bible. My name is Dr. Evans, not a medical doctor. In life, there are things that you can afford not to know, but there are things that are so essential you have to know them. Anybody and everybody who opens the pages of the Bible must know the difference between a tongue and a language. In this three-part series, I'm going to showcase the reason why everybody must know the difference between a tongue and a language to make sense of the intent of the writings of the Bible, of the essence of what is written in the Bible, and also of the meaning that they can draw from the writings of the Bible, from the angle and perspective of the Bantu of the Bible. In the first part, which is this episode, I'm going to explain the difference between a tongue and a language. In the second part, I'll explain why the Bantu of the Bible were particularly selected to be the conduit through which the message of the Messiah would be preserved over the years and all throughout history and the uniqueness of their language. So peculiar that it's not like any other tongues of men. And then I will finish by explaining why we need this understanding to make sense out of everything, not only what is written in the Bible, but all through life and how what we have today in a form of a written book of the Bible came to us through tongues and how the two have intertwined to keep the message of the Messiah preserved over the years. And now I'm going to go into part one about the difference between tongues and languages. There's a big distinction between a language and a tongue. A language is a consonant-based form of expression. A tongue is a vowel-based form of expression. To a person using a language, words are signs, they are symbols, they are ideograms, and most of the time, they are known more by what they look like than what they sound like. So, words are signs, they are representations, they are metaphors. A language uses characters that when they are combined together, what they represent is what the person who uses a language intimates that it represents or determines that it represents. So a word house is just a symbol representing a dwelling place. That is the essential nature of a language. In a tongue, the emphasis is not in the representation of things, but in the things themselves. So a tongue is a sound-based way of communicating. Sound is the principal aspect of a tongue. A tongue is a spiritual way of communicating. A language is a material way of communicating. You can learn a language. You can acquire the skills of a language. You can master a language. A tongue can only be nurtured from within. Tongues are an elevation of communicating that is above languages because they speak more of the essence of a people than their skill set or their ability to learn or acquire any expertise. These are some of the aspects of the differences between tongues and languages. There are, of course, commonalities that languages and tongues share, but that's not the main interest of this episode. So I want to explore some more differences between tongues and languages, but the differences I want to explore right now are not differences of contrast between tongues and languages. I want to take a turn into the diversities of tongues. 
There are tongues of men. Men speak in tongues one to another. They understand each other because they are vowel-based. So you can tell a tongue from another tongue. All over the world, there are different tribal people who use tongues as their means of communicating. Tongues are diverse in different regions, in different places. Different people use different tongues for different reasons. Sometimes within the same grouping of people, there are diversities of tongues. Tongues are as ubiquitous as they are unique. Men and women choose a way of expressing themselves using tongues to say things that they won't be able to say in any other way. Sounds within those tongues can distinguish people from other people. For example, in the book of Joshua chapter 11, we have a classic example of how people can tell the difference between the sounds of the same tongue and the uniqueness of those sounds and how they can tell the difference between who belongs to which tribe. There's so much I can say about the tongues of people, but now I'm going to switch gears to a different form of tongues. There are tongues of other beings that are not of this world. Metaphysical beings do not communicate in language, they speak using tongues. The one point I want to put emphasis on is that we can tell the nature of metaphysical beings by the nature of the sounds that we hear. And these sounds are unlike the sounds of the tongues of men. They're not as audible. They are communicated at a lower range that they cannot be heard with the inner ear or the outer ear. They are only understood by the in-between the inner ear and the outer ear. And this is not a mystery, but this is a reality. The inner ear is designed for you to hear the echoes of your spirit. The outer ear is designed for you to hear the sounds that are outside of you. In between is where the metaphysical beings communicate. And that's why it's easy for a person to tell whether these beings are good or not good because by subjecting their sound to the inner innermost of the person's ear, they can tell whether this arouses fear or comfort. And then of course, when they stretch them out and they are audible, they know that these definitely are not tongues of metaphysical beings, but tongues of people. And just like the tongues of men are a spectrum, the tongues of the metaphysical beings are also a spectrum. And this spectrum can be identified by focusing on the beauty of knowing about tongues because the emphasis on tongues is sound. And the sound on this general spectrum is on one end to know whether the metaphysical beings are benevolent or wicked. The sound of their tongues, if it arouses fear in a person, or some form of trepidation. If there's any ounce of uncertainty, these beings are more likely to be of the vile kind. If on the other hand, they are pleasant and reaffirming, chances are they are on the good side. But this is a general way of interpreting. Because some beings have the wherewithal to disguise themselves and sound as though they are good and benevolent beings. Now, if you read through all the writings of not only just the Bible, but also other writings, you find out that the essence of creation or the beginning of things has always been underlined by the idea of sound. The Big Bang, the emphasis is on the bang, sound. Creation, let, and God said, let there be. So sound is the key component in understanding the mysteries of life. There is a tongue that a person uses to talk to the Creator or the Maker or the Lord. 
That tongue is a special tongue that Paul explains it and distinguishes it from the tongue that a person ordinarily speaks. And that this tongue is so deep and so quaint that even the person using that tongue doesn't know what they're talking about. It's a tongue that eclipses their understanding, goes above their intelligence and knowledge, and edifies them, goes into their being, their essences, and communicates to the Creator with such privacy and such accuracy that only the Creator can make sense of what a person is saying. We have a story from the old writings of the Old Testament about a woman named Hannah who was the mother of Samuel. She prayed with such fervence that she spoke in another tongue that when the priest Eli saw her, he thought she was drunken. And he said, you ought to not be drunk at this early hour of the day. Usually when a person is overburdened and overwhelmed by troubles, they can appeal to this form of tongue that has such fervency that when another person sees them speaking or talking, they can mistake him to be under the influence of something else. And indeed, they are under the influence, but the influence of this tongue now comes from that inner withinness of a person, their essence, their spirit, and they speak or make sounds that they are not sensible to other people who are listening and even more so to the person who is praying or speaking or singing in this tongue because according to the Bantu of the Bible, a person is so teared up that there is a depth to which no language or tongue of man can reach and only that fervence within a person can rouse out that tongue and they can express it through a song or just mere talking. There's another form of tongue that a person can speak that is not like any other tongue and this occurs when the Spirit of the Lord overshadows a person, the Spirit of the Lord comes on a person, overtakes them and then makes them or causes them to speak in another tongue. The person will say things that they themselves would not know what they're saying but others will know what they're saying. We read about a man named Saul who was the first king of Israel the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he started to prophesy. And he himself did not know that he was prophesying. Other people could tell that he was prophesying. We read in the New Testament where in the upper room, the disciples of the Lord were gathered. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and they started to prophesy and to speak in the tongues of other people. Other people were able to tell that these people were speaking in their own tongues. And these people who are prophesying, speaking in these tongues, were not able to know that they were speaking the tongues of other people. So this is one way where the Spirit of the Lord can draw from the fervence of a person and they will say things to other people that the people themselves speaking have no idea what they're talking about. There is so much to say about tongues because they are such a phenomenon. Tongues that allow a person to talk to the Creator with such privacy that only the Creator understands. Tongues that men speak and preserve knowledge all throughout the passing of time. Tongues of entities that are not normal to us. Tongues of all kinds and distinctions. Tongues have been above all the premium way that the people of the book, the bunch of the Bible, have preserved their knowledge of the Messiah and through them that message has been preserved and passed on to the world. This is a good segue to part two where I will explain the uniqueness of the tongues of the Bantu of the Bible. But I want to end with the words of Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. My brothers and my sisters earnestly desire to prophesy. I do not forbid speaking in tongues. 
Wherever you are, have a great day. Bye-bye.